welcome to the Preston Minster podcast. We want you to find your home, find your purpose and transform your city. It's a privilege to be standing here as always and uh, if you are new then like uh, we've said you are incredibly uh, welcome and if you're not new you're probably thinking to yourself have you got some extra hair on your face Tim? (laughs) Yes I do and you're also probably thinking does your wife like it? No she absolutely does not like it. (laughs) And then you're probably thinking, does that mean you'll be clean shaven by next week? Yes, it probably does mean I'll be clean shaven by next week. But I keep saying to Emma, I keep saying, just wait, just wait. It's like an Advent beard. Like by the end of Advent, it could be this wonderful thing. Just wait, just wait. And that is what Advent is all about. We're about the season of waiting. Um, We've got our beautiful tree up. Shout out to Mike, who put the tree up for us. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Let's have a hand. Who has got their decorations up already? Oh, there's a few. There's not many, because the rest of us are sensible, and we don't want to go too early. Who's not got their trees and decorations up? Come on, people. It's okay. But Sam, let me tell you about the Anglican calendar. It is the first Sunday of Advent today. And we are thinking about that this morning. And Advent is is just a season of waiting and a season of hope. And my question this morning is what does it mean to have hope in the waiting? What does it mean to have hope in the waiting? Uh, My cousin was clearing out uh, a lot of pictures a couple of weeks ago, and uh, she very kindly sent me and my brothers uh, some pictures and uh, of things that she'd she'd found. And we've got a picture. She she uh, sent this picture to my brother, and uh, she welcomed. She said, oh, "You know, here's here's some pictures." And Jeff looked at this picture and was like, "Thank you so much for sending me a picture of my brother, because that is in fact me, age 13." Uh, if you listen on the podcast, ignore the laughs. Um, they don't mean it. They're being kind. Uh, so this is actually me, age 13. I know. You don't need to say it. I know. Uh, and You should take that down very quickly. Uh, that was me, age 13. And I needed some hope. Because you know what happens at 13? You start to think, I want the girls to no- start noticing me. And so I had a plan. And every morning... I had a centre parting, people. I don't know if you remember when centre partings were the thing. I'm looking forward to the day they're coming back. When they start coming back, I am going to go early and have a beautiful centre parting. And every morning, I used to do this centre parting beautifully straight in the hope, in the hope that maybe a girl would notice me. And I was hoping that a girl would notice me in the hope that one day I might have a wife. And I might get married. And I, was, I got married in the hope that one day we might have children. And I've got three beautiful, wonderful children. And I hope that one day they will leave home. <laughs> and have a very flourishing adult life. What, what did you think I meant? Uh, hope is an interesting thing. We go to school, don't we? And we go to school in the hope that we might get some grades. 
And we, we get some grades in the hope that we might be able to go to uni. And we go to uni in the hope that we might be able to get a good degree. And we get a good degree in the hope that we might be able to get a good job. And we get a good job in the hope that maybe one day, just maybe, we might be able to pay off the student loan. <laughs> hope. Hope. And the students are laughing at the back. The students are like all over that. It's a funny thing. But actually... Hope is really central to our lives. Hope is really central to our existence as human beings. There was a really interesting study uh, done. 122 men took part in this study, and they'd all had their first heart attack. And they had this study done, and it was really interesting, the findings. The 25 most pessimistic people... So the 25 people who had the least hope in their lives, 21 of them had died within eight years. And in contrast, the 25 who had the most hope, who were the most optimistic, only six of them had died within those eight years. And that's a 300% increased chance of death because of the lack of hope. Now, obviously, there's loads of other factors, blood pressures and heart disease and all of that. But isn't it interesting that all of them had those issues, whatever they were, the underlying issues were, but hope was a really big factor. And what I take out of that, what I really take out of that, is on Christmas Day, I am definitely going to be full of hope and have seconds and thirds and fourths of Christmas dinner because I could choose to be the salad guy without hope, but the study proves that that is not important. Is that what, that's, that's what I got out of it. Is that what, is that what, it's interesting. It's interesting. Because there's an ancient proverb in the scriptures. And I think the scriptures knew about this long before this study. Proverbs 13, verse 12 says, a hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is the tree of life. Isn't that interesting? That a hope, a hopelessness, a hope deferred, a life without hope, it makes the heart sick. And the study seems to say it physically makes the heart sick, but it certainly makes our heart and our soul feel sick. But a, but, a, but a life, a longing fulfilled is like a tree of life. It brings life. So my question this morning for us is how do we have hope in the waiting? And Advent is a great time to think about this, isn't it? I don't know uh, what your like, traditions are as a family, but we have this advent calendar and uh, we, we put five little chocolates in each of the day and we have a little piece of the Christmas story that unravels over the 25 days. And each time after tea, we get this out and we have a chocolate and we read a bit of the story. Uh, and it's great. And seeing the excitement of the kids as it gets like closer and closer to this amazing day. It's wonderful. And that's all great, but there's a problem. Because having hope in the waiting 
is easy when you're counting down to something good. But what about when the waiting feels like you're counting up and up and up? How do we have hope when we don't know the end date? How do we have hope if we don't know the day's ever actually going to come? How do we have hope in that kind of waiting? I don't know what it is that you're waiting for. But what I do know is that waiting like that can be a real struggle. It can be really hard. How do we have hope? How do we hold on to hope when we're waiting for a husband or a wife and we don't know if that day will ever come? How do we have hope when we're hoping for a medical breakthrough and we don't know if that day is ever going to come? How do we have hope when we're longing for justice to be served in a situation but we don't know if that day is actually ever going to come? How do we have hope when we're longing for a job or a promotion, but we don't know if that day is ever going to come? How do we have hope when we're longing for healing? How do we have hope when we're desperate for a loved one to know Jesus, but we don't know if they ever will? How do we have hope when we're longing for something in our heart and it's just not happening? Holding on to hope in this kind of waiting is tough. For us uh, as a family, it feels like we've been going through a really long, hard season of waiting. We, we're wanting this, this breakthrough. We're wanting something for one of our children. And we, we keep having these appointments and we keep having these uh, diagnoses meetings. And we have meetings with the school. And it, it goes on and on and on. And it takes its toll emotionally. And it takes its toll relationally. So I've been asking myself a lot recently, what does it mean to have hope in that kind of waiting? Because... The answer can't be, chin up. It can't be, oh, just keep going. And there's some truth in that, but that can't be the whole answer. So let's turn to the scriptures. We're going to turn to Isaiah chapter 9. If you've got your Bibles with you, uh, then turn to it or in your phones and it will come on the screen. And uh, Isaiah was a prophet. So he was speaking kind of God's words and God's uh, wisdom. And he was speaking to the people of Israel. He was speaking to uh, God's chosen uh, people. And uh, he said this. Let's look at Isaiah uh, chapter 9 together. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past he humbled the land of Zebulun and, of Na and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. 
Now, so what he's doing there is he's saying, in the past, this land was a mess. And the history books tell us that the Assyrians had invaded and they had ravaged this land. And actually, at the time of writing, it it was the past, but it was also the present for those people. It was what they were living in. And this land that he was referring to wasn't just any land, it was the promised land. And in the past, God had promised this land to this people, and they'd had it. And then since then, it had been invaded and taken away and ravaged. And the promise to the the people of Israel. But in the future, God said, in the future, he will honor that region again. Let's look at verse 2. Isaiah carries on. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And I think Isaiah here, it's very interesting, I think he sort of shifts the emphasis to the individual experience of the people. And he uses this imagery of darkness and light. And I think that imagery is like a really good image for exploring and explaining what hopelessness, what life without hope looks like. Darkness. I can't see anything. Not even as my, as my eyes start to adjust, I still can't see anything. There's, there's a hopelessness. And the other imagery uses the land of the shadow of death. Without God, death is the ultimate expression of hopelessness. It's the end. And the people are living in the, in the shadow of that. He's explaining what hopelessness looks like. We use that phrase, don't we? The light at the end of the tunnel. The tunnel is the darkness surrounding us, but if there's just a little bit of light, what does that mean? There's a little bit of hope. There's hope. And it's in the midst of this hopelessness that Isaiah speaks this prophecy of hope. And these these words that we're about to read, these have become really well known and you'll understand why soon. So let's jump to verse six. Isaiah continues, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So Isaiah prophesies the birth of someone. He prophesies the birth of someone who is wonderful counselor, who is mighty God, who is everlasting father, and who is prince of peace. He says this is coming. And this person is a person who will reign on David's throne 
and over his kingdom, and he will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from that time and forever. Wow, what a prophecy for those people to hear. And that is great. But where did it leave the people? Well, actually, it left them waiting. It left them having hope if they chose to believe it, but it left them waiting. And of course, we know that a child was born. We know that a child really was born in Nazareth, that really was born in a town in that region of Galilee that Isaiah spoke about. He really was born there. And John 1, uh, John spoke about the birth of that child. And it says this, in the beginning was the word, that's talking about Jesus, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and he was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And in him, in this baby, in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light that shines in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. Do you see? Do you see? Jesus is the light. He is the light that shines in the darkness. He is the light that will overcome the darkness. Or to put it another way, Jesus is hope. He is the hope in the hopelessness. And he is the one who will overcome the hopelessness. So how do we hold on to hope in the waiting? Because the truth is that as the people of God, we are still in this time of waiting. You see, we are people of hope. We are people of hope because our hope is that there is a time coming where there will be no more darkness. There is a time coming when Jesus returns and there will be no more death. There will be no more hopelessness. And we have hope for that time in the future. And that is amazing. And we also are people of hope now because we see glimpses of it. We see light in times of darkness. We see hope in places where there's hopelessness. So we get to see and experience it now. In fact, Jesus, who is the light of the world, listen carefully to this, Jesus, who is the light of the world, says about you and me that we are the light of the world. So we have the privilege of partnering with him in this hope now, which is amazing. We get to bring light in darkness. We get to bring hope in hopelessness. We are people of hope, but we are also people of waiting because we still have to walk this path of life. We still have to experience these times of hopelessness or darkness. 
We are waiting and we have hope. And a little bit later, we're going to be sharing in communion together. And as we take that bread and the wine, we are, we are a family. And what we are doing when we take that, we are saying we are people of hope. Because we remember back to the cross and the victory of Jesus. And we remember forward to the day when it is fulfilled and his kingdom will come. So we are people of hope as we receive that. But we are also people of waiting. And we take it again and again and again. If I look all the way back to the season that I was talking about earlier for my family, this, this waiting has probably been going on seven, eight, nine years. And with each step of this really tough process, it feels like we're in the middle of the struggle, but then there's this little bit of hope but I've made a mistake so many times, and I've made this mistake over and over and over again. And my mistake is this. What I do is I put my hope in this appointment. And I think, well, once we've had this appointment, then things will be sorted, and I put my hope in it. And then I put my hope in this possible diagnosis. And I think, well, once that happens, then maybe, just maybe, everything will be fine. Or I put my hope in this meeting that we have with the school, because once we've had that, then this will be sorted, and then all will be well. Do you see the mistake that I'm making? Instead of hoping in these things, I need to hope for them. That's fine. I hope for progress when I go to that meeting. I hope for things to improve. I hope for this. That is good. And I need to work towards that. But I fall into the trap of putting my hope in it. Do you see? I can't put my hope in these things. I'm putting it in the wrong place. So it's okay if you're hoping for a bigger house. That's great. Work towards it. That's good. But don't put your hope in it. Don't put your hope in it as the answer to your family being happy and fulfilled. Don't put your hope in the bigger house. Hope for a, a husband or a wife. And actually, you can work towards that. In fact, if you're single right now, just have a little look around. Um, just be really, really, play it cool. It's going to be fine. And just, just let them know. It's okay to hope for these things. It's okay. Oh, the students are cringing at the back. Um, it's okay to hope for these things. But don't put your hope in the future husband or future wife. Don't put your hope in them to be the fulfillment of who you are. Because you're making them an idol. And they will never be able to live up to your expectations. You can hope for a promotion at work. That's great. But don't put your hope in it as the answer to your financial freedom. Because that's not where freedom's found. You can hope for a medical breakthrough. You can hope for justice. But don't put your hope in the justice system as the answer to you feeling free. 
Because it will never be able to fulfill it. Our hope needs to be in Christ. Our hope, the only place to to place our hope is in Christ. And scripture uh, talks about the fact that Christ is in us. And it also talks about the fact that we are in Christ. So if you are a follower of Jesus, that is who you are. You are in Christ and he is in you. And that is where our hope can lie. So what is the promise of God in all of this then? The promise of God is this. As you walk out of this place today, you are still going to be in the waiting. Whatever it is that you're waiting for is still going to be there. But the promise of God is this. If you have invited him into your life, then he is in you and you are in him. And Psalm 23 says this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. So I don't need to fear. That's the promise of God. It might not get sorted out how you see it. It might not work itself out. But even when you're walking through the shadow of death, even when you're walking through that season of hopelessness, even though you're walking through the season where it feels like you're counting up and up and up, even though you are walking through that season and you cannot see an end date, God is with you and he walks beside you and you don't need to fear because he's with you. So how do we hope in the waiting? Well, as you hope for whatever it is you're hoping for, have your hope in Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Preston Minster podcast. We'll see you again soon.